0: Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and today we're going to do some learning. And this is an interesting story of how I met my guest um, on a flight, of all things. And normally I have to tell you, uh, my guest, I'm speaking to my guest right now, is that normally when I step on a plane, I put my headphones on, and put my head down. Now I know it's not the right thing to do, it's not very social, but um, I can't remember why we engaged at all And then all of a sudden we got into this great conversation. I was so happy we did because oftentimes, again, I kind of put a wall up because I just want to sleep. Because the, I don't know, the whir of the engines or whatever, I just, I don't want, I want to sleep. And you were just so interesting and insightful. that I thought we have to get you on the big show. So Cassandra Martel, welcome to the big show. Thank you. Um, So Cassandra and I started chatting and I love... Writing, I love reading great authors. I love words are so powerful, and and you know you struck me as someone that understands the importance of a well placed word as a blogger. Um, so f- when I ran into you, I was like, because I've always been fascinated by the power of the blog, haven't truly believed in it, and then recent events with another company I was talking to said, yeah. We blog all the time, and it, it works for us. So, let, just for the the listeners that are sitting there going, "We've heard about blogging. We may not know about how would you describe a blog?"
1: Well, to keep it in the simplest form, because we could talk for hours about you know the definitions of blogs and how they've changed and what they're doing for you know the marketing world. But basically, a blog is information. It's information about a subject that is simplified in a way that can be easily digested
0: okay and it's, it's so it's a big concept in digestible palatable form
1: yeah and i mean in all honesty like for me to talk about a blog from like a blog for of uh, somebody that both reads blogs as part of research to write my own blogs, I would think of blogs from very much a writer's perspective, which is to provide information. But I also, that aligns with my personal beliefs, which information is power. So whether you're getting your information from an encyclopedia or you're getting it from whatever news source you watch or listen to, uh, or you're getting it from blogs, information is power. And that fascinates me.
0: So, what is your background? Like, how did you stumble into this? Because it's, it's kind of an interesting field. And I know that you do uh, blogging at uh, Check Creative, which is associated with Kelowna now. But, you know, how did you get into this? How did you find this place?
1: So, in a very uh, Coles Notes version, I'm using Coles Notes as a reference because I have a double major in English, referencing the Coles there. Uh, Yes, a double major in English and marketing, actually. But in all honesty, when I finished my marketing and English or university degree, it's probably archaic by the standard of marketing of what it is today with all the digital platforms. Um, Because I'm older than most people graduate with marketing right now, so it fell under more under the advertising. But I had this. Inclining whether you can thank my English teacher in grade 12 for it, or you can thank some professors that I had, that words would always be powerful. They'd always be a way to connect us, uh, whether that's through, you know, written books that you find at old libraries and they bring back the nostalgia or through email communication. And I mean, it's been proven through history that words have passed on stories. And I believe, and it's my slogan, that words can bring businesses to life. So I started off in marketing. I was... Truly, honestly, it was pure luck. It was lucky stars that I happened to meet somebody um, professionally right out of university. Like, moved back to Kelowna from the States, from university. Just some guy took a chance on me. And I got to develop as more of a communication specialist. And through the evolution of that role and a bit of travel and getting kind of that culture and that travel, I just transitioned. And admittedly, I've worked for a lot of companies, big and small, good and not so good. And I loved... The marketing, I loved that we got to promote amazing products, that we got to tell stories. But then I realized that time is my greatest currency and I want to use it with intention. And I had a few leaders that honed in on my writing and then they discovered that I had this talent. And I'm not saying that I didn't have it. I had the technical background and training, but that I could actually tell a story and that I could have conviction in that. So I followed that and I took their advice and then I realized the importance of it and also I realized that the freedom and flexibility that came with it. So having that marketing background and then transitioning into writing allowed me to have a bit more flexibility and freedom. I have two kids so it's really important for me to have that. But what's really unique and probably beneficial to clients and companies that I work for and have worked for is that I am not just a writer trained in writing, I actually am a marketing person who ha- who writes. So I can write now from a marketing point of view, but with very much a writing perspective. So, with that said, very long form, I know I said Cole's version, but... It just—I can't tell you where that fork in that road that led me down there. It was just trusting instinct and following it, and it's been amazing.
0: So we have a lot of business people that listen to the podcast. Thank you for listening, and they're sitting there going, ah, you know, it seems like a lot of work. It seems like um, you know just another channel. But what makes what makes a blog so powerful for a business person? Because you've obviously seen the after effects. Why Why is this so compelling for a business owner to even look
1: at? Sure, so f- I wouldn't say necessarily that a business owner should look at a blog. I think a business owner should adopt a blogging and content as a whole strategy into their uh, business model so that their customers or users or whatever you want to call them are led to their site. So you can call it uh, yes blogs are like a short form you know writing an article whether it's technical or it's a creative one but content as a whole is important because let's just you know to give you a little bit of a background we all use for the most part you know google some use yahoo some use bing whatever you know depending on where you are in the world but google definitely holds the standard for a search so when we want to know something where do we go we don't go to a library and look up information anymore, we go to Google. And picture yourself sitting there at Google, you want to know something. Well, you type it in. You type it in on Google.
0: So let's say duvets, so a down duvet.
1: Yeah, so you want to look at down duvets. Whatever it is you want to know about down duvets, you're going to ask Google a question. Google is is the king or the queen of content and of information. And then, of course, the page comes up, drives us crazy when it doesn't load fast enough, and you look for something, a blog title that piques your interest enough. If it's not on the first page, you're probably not gonna go to the second page. So what do you do? You go up to the top and you type it in a different way. Now all the combination of words are called keywords. And basically what Google has done is said, Our job is to provide information to our users because without users, Google doesn't exist because they don't make money. Mm -hmm. And I don't know many companies that exist without making money. So their job is to provide information to users, to provide a good, positive experience. So without getting into the paid side of Google and those Google ads, organic search or SEO search engine optimization is key. But it's not enough to just write one because what happens is, is when somebody searches Google, Called bugs, call it bots or whatever. Google sends these off to the millions and millions and millions of websites that are out there looking for, they're thirsty, these bugs, for information. And not just information, but relevant information pertaining to what the user is looking for. Yeah. Exactly. So you better hope, as a business, that your site has that information because. Google is not going to push up a page that's not providing a user with a positive experience. And I'll touch on that in a little bit because I know you're going to ask it. But so the idea is is that you're making it so that you're becoming top of mind to Google to send people on that. So whether it's a best duvet or where to buy duvet near me or uh, is it a feather duvet or is there a certain type of feather? Like These are all things that common phrases that people look up in, you know, your duvet example. So you better just hope that you have that information or you become irrelevant. And on the content side, your website better have it too. It's like going to a restaurant. If you go to a restaurant and you have a bad experience, you're probably not going to go back. Well, if Google users go to Google and they consistently are not getting information that they want, they're going to go to a Bing or a Yahoo or whatever else and try to find that information.
0: So it's it's all about the the relevancy of the content and what I found interesting was you said not just one blog but maybe two or three now where do blogs live traditionally
1: on a company's website
0: and and it has to be attached to the website it can't be through their what I'm talking about is maybe the social channels or anything else
1: well I mean in the simplest form you're gonna have a digital footprint for your company so you're going to have your homepage, your website you're going to have your about us your you know your staff whatever you have on your website you're probably going to have a social profile linked to it whether that connects you to linkedin or facebook or instagram well all of those communicate silently so if you're going to do it you better do them all right and if you're not going to do them all right then don't do one of them and just stick with what you can do right so blogs live on your website yes there's of course you know very background getting involved costs you probably a little bit more money where you can work with other companies specifically marketing agencies where they can work with other companies to create backlinks to bring to your site but from a blogging organic perspective they need to live on your site and writing one is never going to be enough i know that sounds harsh and i'm sorry but it's the reality. The more blogs you can write, the better, because that's more information. And it takes about six months or so to actually start seeing the uptick. And that's consistent blogging. Like, and that what are you be,
0: talking about consistent when you say that?
1: I would say, and I'm going to shock everybody, I would say if you can get two to three up a week consistently for six months. Are you kidding me? I wish I was, I wish I was, I have, you know, I have the company I work for. I have proof that that's what works. And we've done, you know, small, really specific SEO keyword heavy ones that are, you know, three to 500 words solely for SEO and, and location and all of that. And then I write more informative ones that are 1500 to 2000 words. And our results show that you place those SEO keyword rich for, I work in the automotive industry, just huh, spoiler alert. And, uh, so that's really important, but we're providing information and people are reading them. I don't have the stats with me.
0: But but people read through uh, a fifteen hundred word blog.
1: My company might kill me for saying this. I don't know if they're actually reading through it, but they're clicking on it. Right, okay. Whether or not they read through it or not, they've still clicked on it, which Google takes as like, oh, they deserve a like some recognition for that. Yeah, there's the, you know, how long they stay on a page and all of that. But just by clicking on it because people pay for clicks, we are ahead of the people that aren't blogging.
0: Okay. So, for a company to adopt the strategy, you're saying roughly probably 6 to 9 months to to enjoy the benefits of a blog of a blogging strategy.
1: Yes. Yes depending on everything else that they're doing within their company. But yes, from a blogging or content, six to nine months, I feel you would start to see those results. If you said this isn't working after a month to three months, yeah, it's probably not working. Unless you're in a very, very, very niche market where nobody's talking about it. Or nobody's, I shouldn't say nobody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it, but nobody's writing about it. Does that make sense? Mm
0: So it, it's kind of be tough though, just from a pure idea standpoint, for you to so say it's it's winter tires, and and this automotive company says, you know, you Cassandra, you gotta write about winter tires, and so you sit down at your desk, and, and and as someone who writes for a living, I I know how tough this is, and you sit down and you go winter tires, like. Do you ever have writer's block and, and have to, like, think about it, germinate on, or can you just pound out 1,500 words, no big deal?
1: <laughs> I'm really glad that you actually use the tires as an example, because with the auto industry, that's all I've been working on right now is, like, blogs around tires and winter tires and or all-season or winter tires. Uh, I work for a company based out of Saskatchewan, so very different, right? Their winters are way worse than ours, but, yeah, I mean... We find the perfect topics because I have a brilliant girl that I work with who helps me find some of what people are searching and then we can develop content based on that. Um, So I write for our, it's called Tread Nation, uh, which connects to all of our dealerships. We can link it all out and we're providing this information so right now people are buying winter tires. So it's like, oh, what kind of winter tires, what are the top brands, like all these things. But with that said, a lot of other places are doing it. So did we start too late? Did we start too early on getting this content? So there's a balance, right, to get that traction out there so that you hit and you have that organic and that Google ranking when people are starting to look for it. But from a writer's perspective, absolutely. Writer's block is a real thing. Like, it's not just, you know when you watch it on a movie and you see all these things and this whole paints this picture writing is amazing I literally could be there and typing just going along and my fingers can't move as fast as my brain can think and then all of a sudden it's like I feel like it's like darkness and it's like and you just you know when you go into a room for something and you completely forget what you went in there for and you gotta like recreate and sit down and try to create those feelings that's sometimes what I'm like and then I just stop sit down and sometimes it doesn't come to me right away so move on
0: and the other part that I've I've learned, and, and you can correct me if this is wrong, but um, so you're given these set keyword phrases and and thoughts that you know people are fundamentally searching for, and then you have to be very specific and um, I guess really be mindful of those certain keywords to make sure that they get their way into the article because. That's part of the the bots for Google is they're trying to find those keywords and phrases in that article. So doesn't that doesn't that put you in a phone booth creatively to write? Because you have to kind of keep continuing to hit those keywords, right?
1: For sure. I mean, especially when you have, uh, based on what people are searching, you have a benefits of buying a used car, or. Top five reasons to buy a used car, you're thinking, like, those are very similar topics. How am I going to change it? They have to be, like, I think, I don't know the exact number, 30 or 70 or some number percentage apart. But yet I have to write about both these topics that are essentially the same, but not make them at all the same. That's why there's such amazing other, like, platforms out there for keywords, like ClearScope and SEM, Rush, and all of those, um, to be able to just sit down and know those keywords without some sort of program is almost impossible but yeah it's it's not easy to sometimes write about the same things in different forms all the time
0: <laughs> so what would be a, a tough subject we just talked about tires but what would be a, one that you fundamentally were like are you kidding me i have to write about this it, does anyone come to mind that was a real grind for you it,
1: truthfully uh anything in the SAS industry Because like the software as a service, so everybody's seen like big S, little a, little a, S. So software as a service. So these tech industries, you know, you're trying to get, promote these companies to get people to buy well. And the truth is, is I don't understand all that technology. So to write about it is like, I I feel like, should I even be a writer sometimes? (laughs) Like it's,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, it's like, it's like self deprecating sometimes. But at the same time, people say, well, why don't you just get the tech people to write it but the problem is is you can't have experts in that field writing about it because it's not experts in the field that are looking for that information it's the people that don't know about that that are looking for the information so you need to write to that audience
0: and dummy it down
1: you said it not me yeah exactly
0: (laughs) but uh, i do think it's it's an interesting uh, switch that you have to put because as you said it's not the experts that are reading about it, it's the people that want to learn. So there's a certain narrative that you have to follow and and really be not trying to intimidate or overwhelm with the information and really try and pull the, the reader in because you really want them to read through the whole article and there's a style for that.
1: Absolutely. Like you, and it's a fine line like what is going to give and, and that's why we're so fortunate in a world of technology to be presented with a lot of data because we can see which blogs or content are spiking and dropping and all of that lovely graph stuff and go okay well where's the common theme across and let's take that and let's blow it up but not too much because you don't want to seem stale after a while so it, it really takes a team effort. I mean, for for example, I, I did a full website rewrite for um, an archaeology firm. My, my other half, he's an archaeologist, so his company hired me to do all the writing, the content. And they said, well, what's our next step? And I said, well, you need to blog. And they said, well, I'll do, we'll just get our archaeologists to write blogs. I said, that's the worst thing you can do because they're going to say things like, you know what's in uh, when you need an AIA or when you need a post impact like nobody knows what that is i only know what it is because i'm with an archaeologist so how do you do it? like the questions are like when do i need an archaeologist most people don't know that right for example so and that's where you have to find that balance between being an expert like an expert on experts, sorry on a subject matter but not being an expert in writing it for, to the layperson and that's why people have, they recommend putting an author at the bottom of a lot of blogs because you can add credibility to your company, to your blog. So on our website, I'm not a, an, I would I'm not an automotive person or a technician or auto tech or anything like that, but maybe I'll write a blog and as a ghostwriter, but they'll put that it was the author was a, you know, a technician because sure. it adds credibility to the information.
0: So, cause I, I would say a lot of people listening to this right now, thank you for listening. Are are sitting there going, oh, because I think I could write the best blog because I know my industry inside and out. And you're saying, please don't do that because, I, and and I agree because I think a lot of business owners are standing in in a bottle and they can't read the label on the outside, which is like I I had a meeting today where they were talking about an internal thought process and I could. And, and I'm grinning because it was so internal; it only mattered to them. Any other consumer would care less about that that particular segment, and they were diving in on this, thinking everyone thinks about blank as much as they do, which is not true. And and that must be a constant struggle for you as pushing back on that.
1: Sure, I mean. I believe that we all have the ability to write because we all have the ability to tell stories. Some are going to probably do a better job of it, especially when it comes to grammar, punctuation, spelling, all of that stuff. But that, Again, another conversation. Um, oh, no, it's the same one. But, well, I'm kind of like like a ward warrior and like a grammar like fanatic, so we won't get into that. But, yes, they could write it. But in all honesty, it, it, business owners don't waste your time because the amount of research that it goes into that to write this like you're an expert at whatever your industry is do that do that and hire professionals to, to do this professionals in that field like if you want to experience and explore a writing career go for it but there's no way somebody running a business is going to want to sit down for four hours, you know, twice a week and write a blog when there's so many other things that they could do. So I'm not going to say that they can't do it. It's just that there, there is a strategy and there's fine points that you have to hit that you might miss and it's and not it, worth the time.
0: And it's interesting too, because uh, I was going to change over my summer tires to winter tires and I was, you know... Of course I struggled mightily with getting it up on the jack and then getting the lug nuts off and everything else. And then for some reason I did something wrong, I had to take the tire shop. And they had the tires on and off within about 15, 20 minutes and they did a better job. Because that's what they do. They have a lift, they have compressors, they have all these things. And that's kind of what I think about when it comes to writing a blog is people could save money. but. I think they would lose effectiveness. I think they wouldn't be able to do it in in a I would say a reasonable amount of time and it just fundamentally wouldn't do what they wanted to do, which is really help them go up in the SEO ladder.
1: Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I mean that's part of what I do every day like with the auto group or motor group that i work with we have multiple divisions well when i when we approach the gms or the people that are in charge of these budgeting for the various ones out you know in partnership with the marketing department i say oh well we should blog well how much is that going to cost me well it's not so much about cost so we take or i take with my team that i work with we have found some that we can make examples of so it's more of like a for an investment of x you can get this. And that's how you present it. And I think business people, they'll get numbers.
0: They they do get numbers. So let's just say, and and this is all blue sky, we don't have to hold you to this, but let's say it's um, a winter coat manufacturer. And so for some reason, they've developed a technology that, you know, the wicks away the, the sweat, keeps you warm in minus 35 degree and certain people are thinking about a brand right now, and I want you to stop doing that. So, and they come to you and say, okay, I want to write a blog about this particular technology that we, we harness for these jackets. And, and then you give them a price and I'm not saying this is the price, but it's $1,200. Okay. Okay. Now, the business is going, okay, $1,200 or $500 or whatever the amount is. I need to work backwards from that reverse logistics of how much money can I make off of this blog on my website. What effectively are they looking to do? Are they looking to get higher rankings on SEO, more clicks, more more buyers, I would say? Is that kind of what you would sell back to them given that price or that fee?
1: I mean, I think ultimately every business owner is to get customers and users or whatever it is to buy their, their offerings, their products, offerings, whatever you want to call that. So yeah, the idea is, is get a higher ranking because higher rankings people click on because they don't want to go five pages deep into Google. And once they get to your site, so they get to your site, whether it's from like a direct name of the company, knowing the company or, and in that case, if they directly search your company, you better have amazing content outside of the blogs that provides them with information. If they get to it through a blog, it's then the company's job to keep them there. What do your products speak for themselves? Like, is it the benefits of your company? So, and that's when that other content strategy comes in of what's on your website once we're there.
0: Now, if, if you have that set up and you don't have great content on the other part of your website, it, it fundamentally fails in a lot of ways.
1: Sure. I mean, Google will also, if you look at what they suggest, that you should update your web con- website content every six months or so.
0: Six months? A lot of people just drove off the road.
1: I hope not. Uh, they, uh, and if they did, hopefully they have really good winter tires since we've been talking about it, right? Like, um, it can't be like a set it and forget it. It's like people put all this this effort into getting blogs and like, yes, we're number one on, you know, organic search. When I say organic, that means that they didn't pay for ad, Google ads. So just so we clear that up. So like, yes, we're there. We can, now we can save for your numbers $500, $1,200 a month on blogging okay i get where they would get to that point but what happens then when all those other companies that have been doing it trying to reach you and then they continue to do it and you stop doing it google goes oh our bots are thirsty for knowledge and this website is not feeding us anymore so we're not going to go there anymore because we know the website that's going to give us the knowledge and the information that our users are looking for so then you drop your ranking
0: So within those blogs, and and again, I'm all over the map here, but it's...
1: I can keep up. I can keep up.
0: Okay. Um, Am I creating hyperlinks within the blog? So in other words, a key search term, say it's the winter jackets or whatever, and it says, um, I don't know, moisture wicking. Okay. Would would that be a hyperlink, like in, in a blog? And again, I'm not sure, but is that a hyperlink to another part of the website that has moisture wicking... Advantages, benefits.
1: Yes. You want to link within your own. I mean, some people argue that you should link to provide users with more experience, you know, so, but I'm not really a big fan of linking to other sites. No. Because what if they're a direct competitor? Unless they're like a really well known, like, study group that can provide like amazing statistics and it also depends on how your website is set up like when somebody clicks on a link that leaves your page does it open a new page or does it take it on the same page and close out yours because most people aren't coming back to your page so yes absolutely link it to other places in your page like contact us you link it to the contact page uh moisture working yes
0: Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm hyperlink so are those those words are highlighted in a hyperlink. Correct. Okay. Um, and
1: make sure whatever you do, your website is mobile friendly. Mm. That's just a little thing I'm gonna throw in there outside of blogging. Because most people use their phones for searching things.
0: And and I would say it's it's well over half. Like it's it's probably seventy I, I would say most of the time I from the, the analytics I've seen most recently, it's about sixty to seventy percent. Yeah, at least. Because I wonder if the iPad falls into that, or a smaller mobile, but like if, if that is fundamentally considered a mobile device. I wonder about that.
1: I do too. I would incline to say no, because people aren't pulling iPads out of the, I think that it probably counts as the number. It Maybe even if it counts towards a, a mobile device, I would still say that if you if it was in that category, that if you broke it down between a phone and a iPad or tablet... That the phone would still be superior as far as a search even if they fall in the same just because the size and convenience people aren't pulling ipads out of their purses well some people are but they're pulling their phone
0: out uh how do you write like is it on a laptop is it on an ipad is it on a how, how would you write because i know you travel are you I writing do. while you travel are you uh
1: yes i I think I wrote something at eleven thirty at night last night when I was sitting at the Calgary airport getting coming back from Saskatoon. Uh, yeah, I write everywhere typically I, maybe it's because I'm old school and when I was in university there wasn't not everybody had a laptop so I have to do my own research so my research involves reading a lot of other blogs like what are other blogs writing about what I'm about to write about so that I can regurgitate it out so that mine uh passes them. So I use a pen and paper because I'm old school like that. I write my I don't write my blog on pen and paper, but I write my notes. So basically, I and this is my way of doing it. Other people have their own ways and that's great. I look at however many websites and blogs or whatever information I need. I write notes in my words and then I close out all those websites and then I rewrite it. If I keep them open, then I think there's always the temptation to go back and then you risk having it too similar to somebody else's. So yes, I write pen and paper. Sometimes those notes will be a page long. Sometimes they're 15 pages and I take all those notes. I sit down at my computer and I just write. I write, I check off things as I'm going through and as I'm you know, kicking out those major words. And a lot of times when I'm reading note, reading things or I see a keyword, I'm like, oh, I know how I can use that. It's already in my head. And then I go back and I edit it. So there's a difference between an editor and a writer. If I happen to have a degree in creative writing with an editing emphasis, so I can edit my own work. But if writers were good at editing, then they wouldn't need editors. And if editors were good at writing, they wouldn't need writers. Think of Random House, right?
0: (laughs) Okay. uh, We're chatting with uh, Cassandra Martell. We're learning a lot about blogs today. And what I wanted to do is also, uh, before we take a break, talk about D6 Print Studio on Lucky Road has large format printers to service your every need and you can put signs on anything these days. Trust me, you can. Um, You can even maybe put a sign up on the outside of your business that talks about the enormous blogging capabilities you have, I don't know. Uh, Cloner Now is running its annual auction right now. Uh, Find it at clonernow.com. Back in a bit with Cassandra. Okay, we're back with more Cassandra. She's teaching us about blogging, which is kind of fun. Um, So let's talk about, uh, and I want to Dive back into your process because I find that very interesting. But before we do, we should probably clear up organic versus paid searches. So let's just talk about that.
1: Sure. And a full disclaimer like, I'm not a digital marketing agency. Like, I, there's of course some nuances with, you know, that whole back end. But basically, like, if you go to Google, at the top usually the top two or three they'll have like a bold ad beside meaning that it's an ad which means it's paid they're paying a company's paying to be there but they're not it's not just because they're paying that they're there that that's there there's a whole thing about the back to the google user experience so when google first started doing at ad, um, ads like paid ads which with the ad they didn't have to have that ad the ad symbol beside it um and you know elephant in the room like google's worth a lot of money so and the majority like i would get like up to 90% of their income or their profits or income profit comes from paid google ads so basically it's for a company to be up there they're doing some sort of paid ad which factors in what a company is willing to pay per click uh, you know people have different you know CTA CPA like cost per, CPCs cost per click and then they also take into the user the user experience which is you know the information is it mobile friendly all of that when they first came out with it it was whatever company is willing to pay the most for a click the problem was Somebody goes out looking for a florist, like you want to buy your wife some flowers. Florist near me, whatever that your search is that you're going to look up, and a plumber pops up, and you're going, how how is that helpful to me? If that happened over and over again, which it did when this when Google first started doing paid ads, users start to go, well this like this is pointless. I'm not going to use Google, and that goes back to that providing information. So Google said we got to stop doing this. So that's when they added that user experience, which is based on the information. So I go back to what I said before, or maybe I said to you in our break, The blogging and important relevant content is the most important thing and the number one way to increase your traffic. You could be willing to pay $100 per click, where a competitor is willing to pay a dollar per click. That competitor could beat you out because they have relevant content that is answering the question and providing a positive user experience, making it so that they trust Google as an information source. So that's just to clear up the organic versus paid. Of course, there's way, way, way more in depth than the back end of that, but just so we're clear.
0: So as people listen to this, they're probably thinking, okay, well, I'm, you know, I know some writers in my family or I know some writers on staff and and they can probably create a blog. So, is is there a massive gap between a writer and a blogging writer?
1: No. How many? How many people? I want to be a travel writer. I want to be a travel blogger. No, they want to be a traveler and they want to find an income, so they're saying that they're a blogger. And, you know, as somebody that has is educated in writing and I know other people that are as well some people get offended by that like oh how can they call themselves a writer I'm like all for it like cool tell your story and there's different uh, audiences for different writers but I would say that if you're a writer, whether you call yourself a writer or a blogger I mean bloggers are writers it doesn't mean that writers are bloggers because like like, a writer could be somebody that writes a fiction novel, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they might be able to, to write a blog because you have to incorporate words that maybe don't naturally come to you like the keywords. So yes, you could do it, but I don't even think that bloggers, writers, like I'm a content writer, content manager, that they should do it. F- if they're doing it for SEO and to increase that organic traffic, even somebody like me that's been doing in marketing for almost 20 years and also been writing for five plus years, I don't even want to do it without some sort of keyword tool to, to support me. Maybe it's just some sort of self-validation that I'm doing the right thing, but I want to verify that those keywords are being, uh, rating high on my piece.
0: So let's, let's step into the trust circle.
1: Oh okay. no. Okay. Yep. Let's do the it.
0: Circle. Now, you sit down to write a blog, you're being paid handsomely by your firm to, to do so. How much do you always do the same research for whatever topic, or do you find, okay, I don't really have a lot of experience in that, that realm, so I'm going to spend more time on research and I have to write that. Is there is there different costs according to the topic?
1: For the. So I work full time for a company, an automotive. So no, <laughs> like just get your work done, right? Manage your time appropriately. So no, um, but at the same time, like I work for an amazing organization, and and they trust me. Like I, like they like if I tell them, oh, this blog took me eight hours i swear bosses it doesn't take me eight hours just if they're listening to this um maybe it took me eight hours to write that one and it took me three hours to write another one they're never going to go to me like whoa, i don't understand the five hour difference they're not going to do that now if it comes to like a freelance or working or out, i'm being outsourced i every situation different like a lot of companies want to pay by the hour and some want to pay per blog some want to pay per word in the blog like per word or okay how much does a 500 word blog cost how much does a 300 word blog cost how much does a thousand word blog cost so there's variations but if I quote out and provide that to somebody and I do the calculations in my head which is usually by the amount of time and I go way over on that to no fault of my own I'm really honorable so I'm not going to go back and say yeah, hey, bump it up. Yeah. I'm not going to do that because I made a deal with somebody. So, but yes, it's, there's a lot that you have to think up, right? So I've worked ones where I have contracts and it's like, okay, here, we're going to give you blogs every month. You know, we want them to be three to 500 words. Um, how much per blog? And that's just what I have. Right. And that works. And then I've had ones where it's like, okay, well, we need a one-off 1500 word blog. Okay. I, that, in that point I go, okay, well. What's the topic? What's my knowledge base of it? And then there's ones where it's like, and and that's just me. Like I, every blogger or writer is going to do it different. Some will be like, okay, well, more blogs, you know, consistent work for a year contract, probably going to be a discount. Like most companies, right? Like a membership.
0: <laughs> and and you probably get more ingrained in the subject matter too, which makes you infinitely better at, at writing about that subject. If you, so you're writing about cars, you're writing about Chassis or suspension or whatever and you become better through the the course of writing several blogs Mm -hmm. on subject matter so it gets you quicker, but I'm just interested in in that realm of being able to write on something and how much research because you you threw out a number of eight hours I'm not sure if that's based on anything, but eight hours research on a topic for blogging just makes my hairs on the back of my neck. It just it seems like a long time, is is what I'm saying.
1: Yes. It's never taken me eight hours to write a blog. I just want to clear that up. But I just took, like, the average work day of eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, just purely for an example. Uh, but, yes, it, it is. It's sometimes, if it's not an exciting topic, I'm like, oh, no. Like, bring on the coffee. Mm-hmm. But... Sometimes I'll get a topic and I'm like, I don't know anything about this. So then I start researching it and then I go, oh my goodness, nobody knows anything about this because I can't find any information on it. Well, good, because now it's not as competitive in the space, but bad because I rely on other people's knowledge of it to write about it. So those ones can be challenging. So they all have their own challenges. Some days are better than others as a writer whether that's because I'm having writer's block or there's more information on the topics.
0: Do you write in the morning or in the afternoon?
1: I write all the time.
0: Do you? Okay. (laughs) Yes. So there's no set time of, this is when I write, your kids know that, your husband knows that, like, do not bother her when she writes.
1: Um, I try to write at a certain time or, like, usually kids know that, like, if mom's got her AirPods in don't you dare go near her because it means that I'm really focused um I have deadlines that I have to meet but I wouldn't say that I'm more productive at any time of the day um but yeah it comes to me I have a pen and paper by my bed because I'll wake up in the middle and I'd be like oh my gosh that's an idea and I'm not going to go back to sleep until I get it out of there so
0: yeah I've I've often had a a notepad by my bed and I I don't do it as much anymore but there's sometimes some mornings I get up in the morning and I'm like, what does a wheelbarrow have to do with a red tower? Like, I mean, I just, you know, it's just gibberish, but I had to get it out, but I can't really understand what I wrote.
1: You should ask Google. I bet you there's a blog on it.
0: I bet you there probably is. (laughs) So it, 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 it does seem like there's a little bit more finesse, a little bit more strategy when it comes to blogging. And that's, that's what a lot of people have to remember when they're even embarking on this pathway. Um, are there lots of you know? I, I know, uh, Check Creative has bloggers, but is there a lot of people in that space that that you know are are your counterparts or your peers in the whole world of blogging? Like, is is there lots out there? Yes. Is there? Yes,
1: absolutely. Th- yes, but there's also lots of positions available too. Like as we know, like you, there's no reason to be unemployed these days, right? But yeah, I mean. It's just a matter of... There's tons of people that can blog, yes. that Or, or call themselves bloggers or writers. Um, are they getting good at it? I don't know, because I haven't read all of them.
0: Is there, is there a measurement tool for how good you are at blogging? Like... Cost per click and stuff.
1: Sure. I think if you can show numbers that show like a blog strategy, like it's not enough to just sit down and go, okay, let's write a blog. Like there needs to be a whole strategy behind it. Like you need to have KPIs. If you're doing, if you're working for a company like I am, like I have to, I'm writing blogs because we're generating traffic. Well, if after six months of writing, you know, two blogs a week at 1500 words and we haven't moved at all,
0: on the cost per click?
1: Or Not even the cost per click, because these or are organic, organic, just organic. Sure, yeah. If we haven't moved up in the Google ranking, then that probably wasn't a very good blog strategy. That was a lot of time invested, and that happens.
0: Now, as you – because I'm critical of my own work, always have and always will okay. be. So when I, when you look back on your written word, do you sometimes maybe it's earlier days or whatever? Do you ever go, oof, I can't believe I did that. Like, or can you see your writing style grow or evolve over the course of years?
1: Yes, absolutely. Sometimes I go, oh my gosh, that's embarrassing, right? But, but I also I also sometimes get insecure about my work and I read it and, and sometimes blogging's hard because I've got to put these keywords in. And they just don't flow as naturally as like a communication style as I would want. So I'm incorporating it it sounds almost robotic. So if you're writing for purely keyword purposes and not so much as an entertain and inform, it's probably okay. Doesn't mean I want to put my name behind it. But yeah, absolutely. And then like I believe in collaborative thinking and collective intelligence and my coworkers will read my work and sometimes come people come back with some edits and i'm like oh no right but i'll never i'll never get a punctuation mark wrong <laughs> they will no i'm kidding they don't but yeah so of course it's it's evolved over the years like i i have some blogs that i wrote personally for myself on my my own website and you know one is like why we write and it's very it's very anecdotal and it's very raw because i'm Sometimes raw, I'm sometimes funny, I'm definitely always honest. And then I wrote one about why blogging is so important. And like those ones are like just me like taking a conversation and putting it on paper. But when I uh, there's some that, yeah, absolutely, even to this day. Like I look at the stuff I started writing when probably five hundred articles ago, and I'm like, that's not that good. And then I read ones down, like, okay. And then sometimes I get when I'm like, oh, I'm really proud of that one. So yeah, I mean it's true, right? It's like it's like an athlete. Some, when you first started, you weren't that good, mm-hmm. and then even when you are that good, you're gonna have bad games.
0: It is true, and I I think the the one key component of writing a blog that I don't think a lot of people understand how difficult it is to have a collection of keywords and 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 put it into something. Uh, Assembling, like something resembling a, a good written work of art, and I think that's the part that I think a lot of people would struggle with, including myself, where I'm tasked with writing a blog, but I have to incorporate these keywords, and that's where, that's what separates the good bloggers from the the also rans is the fact that to connect those dots and make that into something that people want to read, I mean that's that's a big leap for a lot of
1: people, a lot of writers anyway. Yeah, sure. You can throw keywords in. Like you could sit down and write three paragraphs, maybe not the best writing from a flow perspective, but you're very keyword rich. Yes, it will increase your traffic or or increase your ranking, I should say. But you still have to grab hold of the reader when they first read it because Google also does look at the time that they spend on there Mm. because... That goes back to the user experience because if they're leaving your page and going to look at the exact same thing because your content wasn't great, it doesn't matter how keyword rich you are. You still have to make it flow.
0: And and so do you ever sit down and go, okay, I like you have to have, and this is sometimes when I'm writing anything, whether it be a radio commercial or anything else, I have to have a thought or a direction before I put the, the hands on the keyboard does it come through with you start with a keyword and then just write from there and then the rest kind of get put into place or do you have a, okay, we got to start with this keyword and then, cause this one's the most popular and then I'm going to go down. Like, is there a little bit of a, a line, I guess?
1: I mean, I have in the program that I use, I, you know, have all my keywords on the side and I read through them so that they're in my head. And then I just, I start writing and I just, I write And then I'll look kind of to the side without scrolling and I'll add those keywords in and then I start to go run out of those keywords that I remember. So then I'll actually write the keywords down so that now I'm creating a memory of them by writing them down. And then I continue to write and then I go through and I read my work and I go, okay, I think I could use a keyword there in place of this non keyword or sometimes I go, that that is a key word, but it doesn't sound great. So let's move it out. And some days, honestly, I have full transparency. Some days I write and I'm like, I'll email my b- boss or a coworker and be like, not my best work, not proud of it. Can you please offer some of your opinion? I just send it to them. Because I, I have those days, right? And we're human, right?
0: Well, we're human. And the fact that, you know, if you have to, how many blogs could you write in a day? Like two or three or one? <laughs> it
1: depends. I I can write multiple short ones in a day, but I would say it would be hard-pressed for me to write two 2,000-word 2, blogs a day. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Even if I'm like an expert on it, it's like your brain, when you're writing and you're flowing, never shuts off because right. you're just like in the zone. Um, but some people... Maybe could. I just can't. But luckily for me, what I'm involved with with my marketing team out of the company I work for is I don't just write blogs. I write a lot of content, and I get to be involved in the strategy, and I write, you know, an e-blasts and press releases and internal communication. So, so you
0: can switch it up a little bit. Totally. Writing style, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's the company I work for is very fun like it's called fun f-f-u-n <laughs> but it's it's also actually fun so uh yeah it, but absolutely and i think and i don't think that you know there's all these bloggers or writers whatever you want to title content writers copywriters which content writers and copywriters are different that's again another conversation um they all have we all have our own process and i wouldn't say that one is better than the other yeah. i think that writing is very creative. Technical writing is a little bit less creative because it's very technical or academic writing is very different as well. But I do think that you can be a blogger without being like a really naturally good writer. If you can hone in and you can, you know, put together some... That's why all these places, like these um, writing, uh, third-party writing companies exist like Crowd Contact and Upwork and all these ones that you know, you can go on there as a one or two star writer and it can do, you can hire these people to do a job. Is it going to necessarily be, you know, representative of your brand voice? No, because you're not getting the same writer. But I think that the ability to write and tell stories and to tell it in a creative way to a place that, because people love stories still and they want to buy into your brand and they want to, they want to feel part of it. And they want to hear that through words when they don't have that opportunity to communicate with you verbally. And I think that those types of writers, and I'm using the word writer there instead of a blogger, I think that that's just a creative gift that you either have or you don't have. It's like being able to draw. You either have it or you don't.
0: I definitely don't. Have.
1: And you can train yourself to do it. But to naturally do it in a way that is very, has a lot of conviction naturally, I think that that's a gift.
0: It is a gift. and Like, I, I so appreciate good writing. I so appreciate it when, when you can, you know, I, Steinbeck is one of my favorite authors. He wrote a little-known book, Travels with Charlie, which is just about him zipping around the US in a camper. And it, it was just to see someone at the height of his powers and read through these pages and, and literally read a page, put it down, and go, I'm so happy that he existed to write these words in the collection he did. Because it it puts you right where he was at that moment in time in Midwest, talking to this farmer, and you see the farm. You, you know, I get verklempt I when I think about the mm-hmm. writing. So to be able to do that with string words and phrases together and just being able to make that palatable and, and interesting. Mm-hmm. When there's a technical aspect that is really tied into SEO is really an interesting dynamic where yeah. you fundamentally have to, to just almost change the wiring of your brain in order to accommodate that. Which, I, Like I said, it's just a, it's a very different style of writing, I think.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, and there's also people that are really good storytellers, but they're not good writers. I mean, you've probably read some books. You're like, this is an amazing story. They can't really write that well, but the story is what is captivating and it keeps you there. But I think, you know, you made me think about something and I'm definitely not that kind of writer. Maybe I could be, I can, but maybe, I don't know, um, where you could picture it. So that's why so many people love books over movies. And if you read a book first, before and you know there's a movie because there's a movie for every book you read a book first with never seeing a movie you've created this whole world and this uh, imaginary what what you imagine it to be probably a lot based on your own experiences and your own travels and it's beautiful and then you go to a movie and you're like and it's almost like what it's like the twilight zone like this is nothing like it but then if it was like a sequel or had three books, like The Hunger Game or something, say you read the book, watched the first movie, and the, very different, your reading experience versus watching it. When you go and read the second book, you'll never take back your original image of it. You'll always base it on the visual because we process visuals quicker. So to your point, the ability for a writer to create and paint a picture from a novelist's perspective because you can't just show a blade of grass you have to show that blade of grass blowing in the gentle wind with the sunset of the midwest in the back like you have to create that because you can't show it and that is a talent and that's a skill and that's a gift and not everybody has that because that takes a very very special writer but i'm like all about you know what i hope to always Manipulate and string together the appropriate words that it makes sense and that it's digestible, and somebody you know gets something out of it. So that's kind of my goal every
0: day. I uh, I love good punctuation too because uh, that that is one thing. I I don't count myself as somebody who is uh, at the top of their game punctuation sentence structure. Like I will research something because it'll bug me going is. Should there be a hyphen there or should not be a hyphen? Should this be capitalized or not?
1: But it should be an N-dash or an M-dash, which we all commonly know as hyphens. One is longer and one is shorter. Yeah. So if you, I know, if you guys, yeah. It's
0: another rabbit hole. And, and that's the part that drives me nuts is how far down you can go. I had uh, one of the people in, in the college, one of the faculty, who would always start the emails with, hello, comma, Rick, period. And it used to drive me nuts, because he's the only one. So I had to respond to him and say, hello, blank, period, and then start my letter or my email. And I was like, this is killing me, because nowhere else can you, is that punctuation, like who has that time, Is, is what I was getting at. But if you're doing a blog that's read by hopefully thousands of people, the punctuation has to be there in order to make sure that people don't dismiss it and go, "Whoever wrote this doesn't know how to build a sentence." Agreed. Like it, it. So, do you have other people on the team? So you write and they.
1: No, I edit, because I ha- I you, actually you am. Um, well, but I also said I I'm unique because I have a creative writing with an editing emphasis. Okay. So. I actually. L- Secretly, I think I might like editing some days more than I like writing. Um, but there's also a difference between proofreading and editing. Like proofreading is when you're looking for those grammar, punctuation, spelling. Um, and editing is where you sometimes need to change like the sentence structure or, you know, the paragraph structure and all of that. So you would tweak tweaking a bit more. Those are the people at Random House that get paid, you know, a dollar a word. That's why they're, they do so well. But, like, from a punctuation, I'm, I'm with you. And everybody makes jokes about me. I get memes all the time at work about it, right? Um, and, yeah, I'm a big – and you also have – I'm a big fan of proper punctuation. Because, to your point, it does take away credibility. But let me ask you something. Or maybe not ask you something because I'm not going to do that to you. I'll, put you. I'll give you something to think about. So you have a writer that writes for all different audiences all over the world. They have a client that is based out of the US with their, you know, their ideal target audience being US-based, and then you have companies that are in Canada, and you have a Canadian audience. Would You, you have to change certain things, like the Oxford comma, mm. the way you spell favorite or behavior. You have to adjust because if your audience is in the U.S. and they see that, they're gonna have a very different opinion than a Canadian reader.
0: In, in a lot of ways, we are Americanized. Like I mean, I, I would think certain words can because we've seen it so often. Because you know, at times I feel like the little brother to the big brother, which is the U.S., that we get so much of their culture and language pushed on us sure. that we are probably a little bit more. Amiable when it comes to their language versus the other way around, where an American goes, it's not behavior. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I do think that there's, there's, but it's it's worth noting yeah. that in certain cultures and languages, a word of your company will profoundly uh, upset the recipient, and and or or a wording of something like that. Like I, um, I saw an interview where the woman was talking about, um, I think i don't want to say australia but uh, you you know what are you riding in on a shrimp sandwich or something like that because it seemed very hoity-toity and bougie and she says that's a saying it doesn't mean anything like anywhere else but to us that actually has there's a meaning to it
1: absolutely and and, you know that's part of culture and travel and all that but whatever you do on your website or your blogs just do it consistently like, if you want to go with the use and the favorite and behavior and all that, go with it. But just do it consistently. If you want to go with the Oxford comma, which self proclaimed fan of the Oxford comma, um, I'm going to do it.
0: You
1: should have a t shirt. So, yeah, it's like, but to your point about there's different phrases and words, like if we said to an American, can you please pass me a serviette? I drop my poutine on the Chesterfield. They're going to look at you like, what planet is this person from? Because they have no idea what a serviette is, a poutine is, or a Chesterfield. I don't think so. So, yeah, language is very powerful.
0: It is. And, okay, so uh, we can keep going. I, trust me, we can. we got to stop. But, uh, Cassandra, thanks for making time for this, helping us along this journey, this blogging journey. And hopefully anyone who is uh, hoping to, I guess, provide more search content, you might want to look at blogging.
1: I agree. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. I'll come back anytime. We can touch on some other things.
0: All right. Well, listen, I... I do want to see that T-shirt. That'll be fun.
1: Awesome. Thank you.